0: Welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kuhn, joined as always by my oldest brother, Michael Kuhn. Hello. And my middle brother, Matthew Kuhn. Hey, guys. Um, I'd like to take this time to let you guys know that Sin of Our Fathers is brought to you by Barbasol, the new Barbasol Shave Club, featuring the premium ultra six plus razor Barbasol. It's the brand America's trusted for nearly 100 years. To deliver a close and comfortable shave, visit Barbasol.com to join the Barbasol Shave Club. If you go to Barbasol.com, you can use discount code BROWNS at checkout, and you get $2 off your initial shave kit order. This Barbasol Shave Club is basically even better than Dollar Shave Club. If you do Dollar Shave Club, you should drop that and do this Barbasol Shave Club. Use discount code BROWNS, and you'll get $2 off. It'll be cheaper, way better quality razors, and uh, make sure to use the discount code so you get $2 off. Um, so after the game this week, um, we got a chance to call Grandpa, as I know, is all of our listeners' favorite thing to do. Um, and we got to hear a little bit about what he thought about the Chiefs game and what he thought about us finally firing Hugh Jackson. So that should be enjoyable. Here it is.
1: Hello. Hey, Grandpa, it's Matthew. How are you?
2: Oh, uh, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> um, bad game. <laughs> what were you expecting? Uh, uh, I... I thought that they would at least put up a, a good a good game and have a good game plan and at least make it close. I didn't ex- didn't expect them to win but you know, but they they, they uh, that uh, that uh, that defense of theirs really stinks. I mean that, that 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 damn zone defense of theirs, everybody picks them apart but just like slicing up baloney. I'm telling you. Even that <laughs> even the Tampa even the Tampa Bay uh uh, quarterback, they benched him, but he he picked the Browns apart and and, and uh, made completed passes at will how he wanted to. You know, you know, and I was watching the Alabama game, and these and uh, those Alabama defenders were on those receivers like another shirt. I mean, every way they were right, the right breathing down their necks. You know, and I don't know why the Browns don't do that. They played this stupid. Zone defense and they get beat to death all the time. I don't know what it is.
3: It was pretty I sad. They, it seemed like Kansas City could get about ten to fifteen yards every single time they snapped the ball. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, you know, they, they they get they get beat by two of the worst teams in the They get beat by they get uh, beat by the Raiders and the in Tampa Bay, the two of the, two of the worst teams. In the world. and they can't they can't beat them.
3: Oh yeah. <laughs> well, did you at least think that? The, what did you think about the offense? Now that we have Freddie Kitchens, the new offensive coordinator, calling the plays, what did you think?
2: Well, I don't know. That's his. That's his, That's his first time. He was. Uh, uh, I don't know. It, it didn't seem to be too too bad for him. But I think that I. I you know, they need they need a couple of uh, couple of tackles. You know, and that offense because they they, they can't keep killing this this. Uh, uh, Mayfield all the time, you know. He, you can't keep hitting him constantly all the time and think he's going to last. They're going to beat the living hell out of him. Uh, you know, he, uh, anybody uh, Tom Brady behind our offense would probably be a real problem. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. I, I was surprised at that uh, Mahomes so you know, I thought that you know he, he and uh, and, uh, and Mayfield were good friends. They were they were uh, roommates at one time.
3: Maybe at like uh, uh, Texas, Texas Tech.
0: At huh? uh, Texas Tech, whenever Baker was there.
3: Oh, I did not know that. That's new nice yeah. to me. That's funny.
0: Didn't Pat Mahomes beat him out for the starting job? No, in it was Davis
3: Webb. No, and, and then, then Baker Dave, is
1: older. And than then Patrick. Pat Mahomes beat out Davis Webb. Nuts.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I there's always there's always hope, but uh, I, I really think that they need to. The, they really need to uh reevaluate re- their their defense i mean it it's really stinks. i mean that secondary that secondary is just so damn bad uh, it's, it's it's amazing you know and uh even even when these when the, even when they are they're, they're, they're uh, holding on the, on the one or two yard line these guys that to go into the end zone or something boom zip right in there you know uh, and the Browns get pound away, pound away, pound away, and they can't get in there. I, I don't know why they, I don't know why they that, don't try something new, like maybe a, a, another halfback pass at uh, something.
3: Anything. You really like that yeah. play? Yeah. What, what play? <laughs> the halfback pass to the uh, quarterback it's a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great one.
2: You, you gotta try something, you know. Uh, even the flea flicker it was with with with, with uh, catch him off guard a little bit, but. You know, I, I, I did, they're just so vanilla with, their, with everything. They just don't seem to have any, uh, anything different.
3: So we didn't get to uh, talk to you last week. Um, how do you feel about them Cannon, Hugh Jackson, and, uh, and the offensive coordinator for that matter?
2: Uh, oh, I think that, uh, I think that they were about three years too late in getting rid of Jackson. <laughs> they should have fired him a long time ago.
0: As soon as he walked yeah. in the door,
2: they should have fired <laughs> him. Um, I haven't He, uh, you know, I mean, and, and you know, this guy was really pissed, and he got fired. This guy was three games in forty in forty games, he won three, and he's pissed, and he's blaming everybody except himself.
3: <laughs> it's, it's isn't it amazing how he can yeah. point the finger at every single other person but himself?
2: He blamed everybody except himself. You know, <laughs> I mean. Uh, and, and he was really pissed off that he got fired. He said he never never dreamed he was going to get canned. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he he really thought that he was probably doing a good job. I mean, my God almighty. You know, I, I, I'm just surprised. I can't believe that he lasted uh, uh, this this long. I mean, they, they could have fired him a long time ago. And after the first year... They could, they could see that nothing was happening. You know, get rid of them. I uh, they they I don't know what they're gonna do. They got uh, they didn't beef up their they didn't beef up their offensive line too much, but they they, they need a couple tackles. They got a couple of cadavers over there on the end <laughs> over there. Kinda, you know, <laughs> and, you know they just they went to Harrison. Yeah, Harrison
3: had been starting, but then they went to um, Greg, Greg Robinson yeah. this week because yeah. Harrison was hurt.
2: I know he was hurt in the head. I think that's what he was. He <laughs> hurt. <laughs> yeah, you know, they say, well, he's a rookie. He's got to, you know, he's got he's got the time to develop. Well, oh, my God, I mean, I've seen other rookies come in, and I, I mean, you know, what do you have? To, what do you have to know to to play to our offensive tackle. You stand there and you—you you, you don't let anybody get past you. I mean, is it that hard? It's simple. You know, it's
0: just a. It's
2: yeah, just I a,
3: think you could do it, actually, Grandpa. Why we should throw you out there? It's
0: just a three hundred pound freak athlete.
2: Yeah, they needed—they needed another uh, Perry over there at a refrigerator. You know, put him on the end. You know, and uh, he they, need they, somebody that's going to fill up a hole. You know. And talking about that guy when they got down to about the two or three yard line, they did they make a running back out of him, and he'd plow through that line like a bulldozer. You know, and that's what they need. They they need some innovation. Now they're playing they got the they're they're playing with Atlanta coming coming in the stadium. Yep. You know. I, I I really don't know. I they just have to start winning. They can't they can't get behind Two touchdowns and think and they just don't play catch up very well. They just don't. Yeah, I, I don't know. And then, you know there was some there was some flagrant non calls against uh, the, uh, the Browns. They were they were being held uh, uh, pass interference everything, and there was no call on it. Uh, it's, I can't believe that there wasn't a flag thrown on it.
0: They also gave us some favorable calls on a. Uh fortunate first down conversion a couple times. <laughs> but,
2: <laughs> so well, so I think was, it I think
0: there, it evens out in the long run. We'll say that.
2: Well there there was there was one there that I did that they were but they were half a yard short. And they gave a, And they gave it to it. us,
3: yeah. It was yeah, crazy. I can't
2: I can't believe it. I I'm over there, I'm, 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 I'm uh, really uh, jumping up and down. I said, damn it, All that day, a yard, half a yard chart, half a yard chart. Then they give a first down. I said, I couldn't believe it. Well, uh, I just couldn't...
0: <laughs> it's fun when it well, goes your way. What what chance do you give us to beat the Falcons next week, Grandpa? You think we got a, you think we got a snowball's chance in hell?
2: Well... I tell you what, I think it's about. I think that it's about time they turned around and did something innovative. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that there's gonna be their next win. I think, I really do. Okay, awesome. You know, huh? Awesome. You know, I love even, it. and even when they when they play the Steelers and things like that, you know, usually they get up and they play a damn good game against them. You know, most of the time they get they get hyped up. You know, and. Uh, I'm am su- surprised at, uh, that they they really didn't uh, get it going against Kansas City there uh, you know but anyway I'm 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 picking the Browns picking the Browns by three. Let's go! I'll
1: okay. take I'll take that all day. <laughs> That's great. <laughs>
2: so, you can take that to the bank.
0: <laughs> okay, we're taking it to the bank and we're going to cash it. We're going to say Grandpa said it, so it's fact. All right, we love you, Grandpa.
2: Okay, Okay, guys.
0: All right, we'll talk to you later.
3: Good talking to you.
2: Good talking to you. Thanks for calling. Okay, bye-bye.
0: All right, so my favorite part about Grandpa is, as always, you know, his outlandish takes, but mostly how he thought we should have fired Hugh Jackson three years ago, (laughs) that it was three years too late, that day one, he just immediately should have been swept under the rug, which I I can't disagree with the results that we've seen. We would have been in a better place. (laughs)
3: I appreciate his high standard for our defense in the secondary with, like, the starting defenders go out with injury on the literally the first possession of the Grand, game. Grandpa has no time for excuses. He,
1: he, doesn't, he doesn't care if you're hurt. He doesn't care if you really shouldn't even be on an NFL roster, much less playing.
0: Grandpa and Jarvis Landry high are very the same in that way. You, you should be able to you stick with
1: everybody in one-on-one coverage.
3: You should be Press man.
0: And just shut them down. Well, I just gotta, like
3: Alabama does against yeah, all their like college Alabama. opponents,
0: yeah. <laughs> Who they have far out talented. Yeah, um, oh, they're God. a far superior just, team. Yeah. Uh, it's hilarious. I love it. But I mean, Grandpa doesn't make any excuses. He just hunkers down and he muscles through. We How prob- he lives his life, yeah. It's good. There's we probably th- walked three to four miles that day. We went to the Tampa Bay game, yeah. and I, I didn't. hear years old. A peep from him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like he was just like every time we we're like, Grandpa, are you good? He's like. Yeah, why are you asking me? (laughs) This is ridiculous. Let's go. We're going to the game because you're 82. We just walked like four miles, and it's hot. (laughs) It's very hot. I'm not doing well, Grandpa. So you feel free to speak up. Um, So I mean, our results from this week are um, about how we anticipated. We didn't. I don't know. I think I'm actually
3: like as weird as it sounds. I feel good about where we landed after this game. I feel much more optimistic about the Browns coming out of this game after a loss than I did going into it.
0: After that 16-point loss, you're feeling good about it?
3: Yeah, no, I feel fine. The offense looked way better than we had in the past, and I knew that our defense was going to struggle, and then we had three of our best defenders go out early, and it was just game over. Like, there was no chance. I feel like we still could have done a little more than we did, but... We were never going to do enough to win the game, in my opinion, at that
1: point. So, Coming into this game, the the area that we couldn't afford to lose people, especially on defense, was at the corner spot. We lost two corners in this game. So we were playing against the best offense in the league with our fourth and fifth corners out there matching up. Like, you can't win. Like yeah. what do you what are you supposed to do at that point? We're we're not talented enough at the other guys positions that entered on the defense.
3: Game. Guys that entered the game thinking only about special teams. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're now not, you're playing Tyree Kill. Yeah, we're yeah. not talented. And Sammy enough.
1: We're not talented enough on the D line and the linebackers and at safety, to to overcome that. And we didn't have Demarius Randall coming into this game. Nope. Joe Schobert's out. Kirksey
0: went out. Like. What are you supposed to do like and ej Gaines went out with the concussion denzel ward went out with the hip injury i have literally between like
3: the first and the second possessions of the game like it wasn't like this happened midway like in the second half of the game this was the very beginning of the game
0: yeah and so we have tj carey following tyreek hill during the entire game and that's just obviously a, a piss poor matchup grandpa would have had him playing man-to-man with Tyreek Hill the whole game, but I sure don't want that. Yeah. And, that is- and, you're,
1: and you're going up against yeah. guys like Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins that are dynamic athletes that aren't exactly guys that you can just be in their back pocket or stick on their hip. Um, I felt bad for our defense. I felt bad for the players. I kind of felt bad for the coaches because we were forced, especially in that second half, to play – just kind of a zone defense, and they know what's coming. And but personnel-wise, it's just about all you could do.
3: Our only hope in that situation was to generate some significant pressure up front, and I just and we still aren't getting any sort of rotation with those defensive linemen. And I just don't know if those guys have it in them at this point. For I four straight I quarters.
1: also don't know like how how good we really are like i i think we might, i th- think we might only have three defensive linemen on this team that are like what the three we're playing yeah <laughs> well like that are worth <laughs> a darn you know like, like that that will be around for a while um i think greg I mean, williams you got, might agree with you and got that's Oba, why he's not joby and garrett who but if if those are the only three who are on the roster like next year like, that wouldn't terribly surprise me. I, I, Chad Thomas will probably be on the roster next year. Cause,
3: Lord, I hope not. He sucks balls. He can't even make the <laughs> active roster. No. He, Are you kidding me? He's this so guy bad. is the worst pick. I really want to really know. who is is Michael's soapbox. I really want to know. Who is Sage? It was the first pick of the third round, and we just wasted it. We flushed it down the toilet. That's a super valuable draft pick. It's basically a second-round pick. Yeah. And we completely wasted it. It's so frustrating to me. Like, I think a guy like... could we have had
1: Harold Landry? We, yes, we, we could, could have had Harold Landry. He was still on the board. In the, he, not a, no,
3: he no. didn't go to the third round. He didn't drop to the third we could round. Have he picked, went in the second We round. could have picked Harold Landry in with could have, one of our first uh, okay. second round picks. We could have taken that defensive tackle from Stanford, though. That like Harrison Phillips uh-huh. guy. Would have loved to have him. Like, there's a lot of players we could have taken before Chad. I want to know where Chad Thomas would have gone if the Browns hadn't taken him there. Because I would contend, like, fifth round is Sixth the round. next yeah. the next spot that anyone <laughs> thinks about taking him. We'll never know. We can hypothesize. I want to know but... if Chad Thomas is ever going to make a meaningful play on an NFL football field, because I would contend he probably won't. He's going to make
0: some meaningful mixtapes, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, that's Michael's, I think that's your number one thing. You hate the Chad Thomas pick more than anything. And I, I can understand why. I mean, I, it's
3: it's frustrating. Wh- it's. I think I've probably even said this on the podcast. When me, in my elementary knowledge of football and what's going on, can watch the draft and immediately identify a poor draft pick that then plays out to be so in the future, like, that's sad. That's really sad. Now, there's probably times where I think something's a bad pick and it turns out to be a good one. mm -hmm. But, like, nothing has been clearer to me than when we picked Chad Thomas. I was like, you've got to be kidding me.
0: Well, that's one of the most frustrating things as a fan in general, and it's something that's been happening habitually as a Browns fan.
3: But, you know, this draft on a whole, I will say I'm not going to complain about because we have a a number of very good, solid, contributing football players. So I don't want to...
0: We hit on the most important ones, um, but speaking of that, Denzel Ward got his hip injured, and we don't know. Haven't heard anything. As soon as we find out, we'll probably tweet something out. But um, so we're we're significantly hindered in our secondary. Our I'm sure everyone's really linebackers like
3: are holding still on to our Twitter oh, no to find doubt. out oh, yeah, news no. about Denzel Ward's no, I was hip gonna injury. Say,
0: we probably won't tweet it out because we don't tweet. <laughs> ever. We're so good at it. Well, I'll probably Michael. Maybe we'll tweet something out. I certainly won't, but um but our our defense is completely decimated right now um what do you think it's going to look like we might get Joe Schobert back next week um what do you think about our linebackers Kirksey's out any word on what happened to Kirksey or whether he's going to be coming back next week do you guys know
3: Mm -hmm. i haven't seen anything through i mean we're recording this monday evening and it doesn't seem like any news has come out about those guys but then we
0: have a significant problem at our linebacker situation because we have jamie collins who is seemingly loafing on every single play not giving his full effort and tanner vallejo as as one of our starting linebackers trying his damnedest though
3: (laughs) (laughs) like he really He, he was flying around at least
0: yeah Yeah, I'm proud of him, but he's one of those guys that's going in and thinking he's only going to be playing special teams, and that's where I would ideally have him playing. Um, But it's going to be tough going into uh, Atlanta Falcons' team next week.
3: I think this – I mean, the Falcons have just as many, if not more, significant injuries on their defense than we do.
1: This game could be high scoring. It could
3: be very high scoring. I mean, if the Browns show up and, like, put some points on the board – The Falcons are going to score points on us. There's, like, no way around it. It's going to be, like, the
1: first team to 40 wins. I mean,
0: yeah.
1: It'll be a high-scoring game.
0: I don't anticipate that we're going to be able to stop that Falcons offense. Julio Jones or what's-his-face. What's-his-face, Calvin Ridley? Calvin Ridley, yeah. That guy? Two, Two biggins. That guy. That guy. Um, so what did you guys think about our what the way we looked offensively? Because we obviously have a new offensive coordinator, Hugh, out. We got Freddie Kitchens calling the plays. What did you guys see different?
3: I loved it. I mean, to me, it was simplified. It was quicker reads for Baker. It was less late-developing routes than we've seen in the past. I feel like so often we have seen Baker sitting back waiting for his guys to get open, not really because – More because of the call than because he was like staring somebody down. But I mean, that's that's, what's happened in the past. And in this game, you saw quick passes, like in quick stuff over the middle. You saw easy decisions being made for Baker and lots of screen passes and stuff to Duke. Like, it just seemed much more balanced and they seemed more comfortable. I don't know how much that had to do with um, Greg Robinson looking a little more solid on the left side of the line, that probably played a role. But I think most of it was just the play calls. And you saw after the game, they were talking about the biggest thing that Freddie Kitchens did this week that seemed different was talk to the players about the things that they were comfortable doing. Like, how crazy is that? What? So what are you why, com- why would he do that? And which is so funny because you can take that comment and put it directly next to the comments from um, Todd Haley in the past, or Hugh Jackson this week', maybe in the past, saying things along the lines of the players are responsible for executing the plays that are called. Like, and that was the mindset of our offensive staff. And now Freddie Kitchens is going to them ahead of time saying, what do you feel comfortable doing like let's let you succeed doing what you are comfortable with and know that you can do best oh and guess what it turned out to be a positive result you just saw it you just saw it on the field they seemed a lot more comfortable and it probably also helped that we had richard higgins back i think that helps too it
0: does help a ton but isn't that like 101 for a leader is utilizing your resources well oh and, yeah and- Communicating, And that's report after report after report coming out after the game is just the level of communication that was happening between the coaching staff and the players was far and away better. I think I saw one report that said one of the players said that they'd had their three best practices they had all year this pre- this right. past week, um, which is just maddening to know that that's what we've been operating under up until we promote our running backs coach to our offensive coordinator. But it is encouraging. Make, make Freddie the head coach, man.
3: Th- let's just let's just keep on rolling. Okay, so the thing that I can't it's have stop to a game thinking about. <laughs> okay, it is maddening. I completely agree with you. Yeah. But how come guys like Joe Thomas and others like consistently sing the praises of uh, Hugh Jackson? Well, I tell this you is what- like I can't make I can't put these two things together because I yeah. firmly believe Hugh Jackson's a complete idiot. As a head coach and is more worried about his own reputation and then being a leader. Like, listening to his comments after he got fired, trying to blame everyone else, it's like the complete opposite of what you would ever want for anyone leading any sort of operation of any kind. Yeah. Like, taking no responsibility for what's going on. Like, it's unbelievable.
0: Well, if you listen, and I'm sure you have listened to the Tomahawk show, uh, Yeah. Joe Thomas says time and time again how much he appreciates and respects Hugh Jackson, but he has said as of late that Hugh Jackson's public releases and the things that he said, he said, doesn't sound like the Hugh that I know. And he was like, I think that all of this stress, pressure all stuff. of this pressure, all of this losing has really worn on him, and he's changed um, through that whole process. Um, and so that would be my guess. And, and that's what Joe said himself, is that he yeah. just thinks he's different than he was before um it's it's unbelievable though maybe Um, so
3: Matthew Uh, what were your thoughts on the offense no I mean I I thought the offense looked
1: refreshing um I thought it utilized our weapons we I mean still have glaring holes at wide receiver and just such a dearth of talent at that position but um we do have good running backs and we we have a pretty like dynamic tight end that can be a matchup problem and He's going to drop passes, but you
0: just keep throwing it to him and dynamic receiving tight end. Yeah, uh,
1: we got but, do, we so
3: got so you Njoku use the ball in with some space in front of him for the, in this for the first game time in a long for time? the first time that I've ever seen. Yeah,
0: so they were our two leading receivers. I mean, it kind of fits.
1: It it definitely looked like Kitchens was trying to utilize the players in the best way possible instead of just ramming them into some like square holes. Yeah. Which makes me excited. I mean, it, it's helpful for Baker, too, um, to to not be trying to ask everybody else to do things. And um, The offensive line was better. I thought Treader looked better, maybe healthier than he had. For, he didn't stick out as, like a, as a weak yeah. point. Um, yep. And Greg Robinson at left tackle was a, a clear upgrade, which is a testament to the sad state of our current tackle situation. Greg Robinson, who... Probably two years ago, everybody would bet would be out of the league at this point is now our best option at left tackle, so we'll, so we'll see how that transpires going forward but if if that's what we have to do, that's what we have to do
3: so it's funny to me that we have been commenting about the offense for this long and haven't even mentioned Nick Chubb's name because he played quite well. he's great on sunday he I feel like he gets the most out of every run. Runs so hard. I feel like 15 of his yards almost every other running back in the NFL doesn't actually squeeze those out.
1: It's like this I was watching it just before we started recording. It's like this efficient aggression. Like he he's like a strong and he's powerful, but he doesn't like ram himself into the defender. Like he he finds this way to just utilize his legs and continue to explode and like, save save that power until like contact is made and then drive forward. And it's really unlike anything I've seen.
3: His touchdown run was impressive. Really Ooh. impressive.
1: Yeah, I, I like audibly
0: gasped when
3: we, we what did too. We
0: did <laughs> Oh,
3: what a run! We
0: both sat up and we were like, that was amazing. It was yeah. so patient. The fact that he brought it over there, Carlos Hyde wouldn't have. Done. He might have gotten the touchdown, but he wouldn't have done it the way that uh, Chubb did. He was so patient, found his hole, and then he
1: shot
3: right when the blocks got where they needed to be. But it's, he,
1: the, it's the combination of things. I, I feel like Hyde was pretty patient running, but he didn't have that explosion. Yeah, he couldn't just burst. In that decisive, he couldn't have you know? through that like, like when he, yeah when he would see he would wait for the blockers to open, but he didn't have the anticipation maybe because like. That was a run with anticip like patience and anticipation. Like he had to see Treader coming over to make that recovery block and like open that hole back up. And
3: it was and, really impressive. And
1: timing. There's
0: such a small window to be able to get in there, but to be able to explode through it and get through right at the perfect timing of the window. Yeah. It was.
3: Bruce Arians was freaking out on that play. Yeah. His commentary on that was like, "Oh, what a phenomenal run! Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was. Like, it was. It was awesome." Just offensive coach, just, like, nerding all over himself. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, man, they were overmatched at the line of scrimmage there. And,
0: oh, what a...
1: Yeah, he was just all over it. It was so great.
0: Can we talk about the commentary? There was one particularly terrible instance. It's
1: so awkward. Bruce Arians, like, I so appreciate his, like, insights, but he's not
0: great. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely not his skill set. But there was one terrible instance whenever it was on the strip It was strip the D. Sack. Ford strip D sack. D. Ford came around the edge and strip sacked Baker, and they were showing the highlight over, and they were talking about it, how they got there. And you could just barely hear in the background a big, like, cheer. And then the refs say, offsides. And then they were still talking about the strip sack and everything. And <laughs> then they got so and then they got this back to it. And they were you like, oh, well, like, the Browns offense is on the field. I don't know. Uh, and they sat there in silence.
3: There's three guys in that booth, and not one of them could tell us what was going well, on.
1: What's What's funny is there's three guys in that booth, but there's also producers Pro, in, the like truck. in their <laughs> ear. <laughs> yeah. There's For the three guys in the booth, there's also like eight other people. There was a team.
3: Yeah. Unaware team. It was hilarious. Like we were sitting on the couch and we heard it through the like regular speakers (laughs) and we knew what was going on and we were laughing, which is hilarious because
1: it's the audio that they are producing and sending to you and you still picked
0: it up. Yeah. It was hilarious. So, so bad. They had no Still, idea what th- was going
3: I, on. That was one of the biggest breaks the Browns got in that game, though, because mm-hmm. I do not think that was offsides on No, D4. I don't think it was. He, he lined
0: like... up offsides.
3: You think he lined up offsides? He, he didn't jump early. He, he just lined okay. up well, offsides. Well, if that's the case, then I guess that makes that sense. That makes
0: sense. But there was a couple of pretty decent breaks that the Browns got, that being one of them. Um, the Chiefs had way more penalties than we did. Not even close.
3: Yeah, the Chiefs are right up there with the Browns as one of the most penalized teams in Not the very
0: disciplined, and now they're ahead of us. Because Which is
3: such a funny thing. You always...
1: Like, whenever the Browns are bad and they're getting a bunch of penalties, you're like, you can't win football games if you're if you're not disciplined. Oh, no, disciplined, you can you just... whenever
3: you have really good, like, offense and ways to make up for yeah. your warts.
0: Yeah. You just can't when you suck. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you have to be perfect if you suck. Um, but speaking of Bruce Arians, he had... Uh, quote earlier in the week that said he would come out of retirement if only for the Browns job. What do you guys think? Would you be a fan? Yay? Nay? It's too short.
3: It's too short term of a solution for me. Like, honestly, like as a coach for the next couple years, like I don't hate Bruce Arians as an option. He's proven to be able to lead an NFL team. I would hope he would bring in like a really good defensive mind in to run that side of the ball. I would trust Greg him Greg Williams. I would trust him with oh gosh. Those two. That would be interesting. Um, no, I don't want Greg Williams to stay, personally. Um, I have a new favorite little combo, by the way. I think I know who I want mm. as my leading coach candidate. So I Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians ta- Bruce
1: Arians is only sixty six.
3: How old's Bill Belichick?
1: Probably close to that. I, would, I, I actually think Belichick's
0: older than that. I have no idea, but I just I picture Bill Belichick 66. being immortal.
1: Yeah. You know where he was born?
0: Belichick? Or Nashville, Tennessee. Belichick was?
1: Yeah. That's weird. Hmm. Didn't know that. I never would have guessed that. Proud of Middle Tennessee, Bill Belichick. That's What hilarious. a strange
3: individual Bill Belichick is.
1: An anomaly. Yes.
3: He is. Absolutely. Okay, so
1: I... I, You're worried it's a short-term solution.
3: Yeah, so I wouldn't hate it, but I just would like a more long-term coaching solution that's going to be there for the entirety of the Baker era. Mm-hmm. How is long really are, what I How hope.
1: long are you looking for?
3: Well, but, I want a, ten, a coach that's going to be around for 10 years.
1: I mean, that's ideal, but... I mean, Bruce Arians could be around for five before he like is old and wants to retire. And I, not gonna lie, I'd, I'd take it.
0: It'd be the longest head coach we've had in quite some
1: time. Since, since, don't get me wrong, I'm not gonna, yeah.
3: I'm not gonna complain, but it's not my option A.
0: Okay, that, that's fair.
3: That's that's what I would say.
1: All right, so who's your new combo?
3: So my combo is Jim Schwartz as head coach, and the coordinator from Tampa as the offensive coordinator.
1: The coordinator from Tampa,
3: the offensive coordinator. He's What's he he works was at under M- Dirk Cutter. That yeah, guy? yeah, and he was at like Missouri or one of the Louisiana. He was at like he why was in college because his their offense is great.
0: I don't not like Jim Schwartz,
3: and I Jim Schwartz is like a legitimate Head NFL coach.
0: Yeah, poor guy. He took over the. Line over right to, after, to lines, right yeah. after they were and terrible And their scheme did
3: I, the thing, One thing I'm like really fearful of Is the wrong Defensive coach coming in To our team I feel like we've got a lot of really good pieces on defense And if the wrong coach comes in And tries to do something funky With our defense and the alignment And some of those key players we have in I'm like really worried about that And yeah. I think the fit with Jim Schwartz And like how he runs his defense Is quite good
1: yeah, do have they coached together ever? Like, no. Why are you pairing this? No, combo? because
3: Jim Schwartz just needs an offensive coordinator. Like, okay, I, but yeah.
1: why? Why would the Tampa offensive coordinator, other than like, are you expecting? Because they're going to get, get fired? fired. Okay, <laughs> like okay. it's a legitimate option. Yeah. So, so he's making a lateral move because he needs a job.
3: Yeah, yeah. And okay. everyone <laughs> says he's a little quirky, so he's not going to be like a head coaching candidate. Like they think he could be a head coaching candidate but that he's kind of a weird dude, and so he's not like going to be the guy in front of the camera.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians is kind of a weird dude, and
3: it took him but years. But now look at
0: him. He's in a booth.
3: Yeah. It took him <laughs> years to get considered to be a head coach. Today. It's Monken is his name. What's his Mon- Todd Monken. That's right. Hmm. People were so talking anyways.
1: about um, Schwartz and DiFilippo coming in like as a team, but I was kind of confused about how that would work like if Schwartz you, would have to, if you one name of them him, would have to make a lateral move to like work with yeah, the yeah, other. If you name him, like, everyone assumes head Di Filippo coach. would
3: do that, but I don't know why he would do that.
1: Yeah, yeah, People they're are, all assuming
3: you, Schwartz is the head coach and Di Filippo is the offensive coordinator. Yeah, but like, makes zero, make zero sense. Makes zero sense. Like, he I would mean, take a head coaching job. I think
1: maybe you would get like an assistant head coach title or something. Yeah, yeah no, that's That's the only thing that I could think of.
3: I mean, that's
0: another step closer to
1: co-head coaches. Just, like,
0: skip head coaches all together. Yeah. yeah, it works great whenever people are on the same field, like, playing field. There's never power struggles there.
3: Yeah. <laughs> to give everyone the full run on Todd Monken, he was the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma State for a long time and then became the head coach at Southern Miss. And then came from Southern Miss to college, and or to the NFL, and has been on the Buck staff and is but, now their offensive school. but Southern, how
0: much how was Southern? Miss okay but Oklahoma State like
3: all yeah. of those like the yeah. Brandon Whedon like Justin Blackman all those years he was the offensive coordinator
0: I
1: mean hmm. it's a, similar to the same offense that Baker ran in college correct which would be fun
0: that would be fun and it's clearly proven that it works right. in the NFL now the Todd Monken train
3: so anyways that's my Todd, latest
0: Todd Monken I like it we should keep bringing these people Little known people, people that aren't being talked about. I like that, Michael. Well done. Thanks. Um, I was thinking about the the Saints offensive coordinator, that
1: Carmichael Jr. I like him. He's been their coordinator for like 10 years,
0: and I've never heard his name brought up as a head coach.
1: No, candidate. NFL
3: nerds love him.
0: Yeah. How, how great is what the Saints are doing offensively? It's so good. And like our personnel right now it's so kind of fits what they're trying to do. We
1: just don't have Michael Thomas. We've, we've got like secondary. It's a legitimate like, all problem. Of the other pieces. Can we, we talk we about that? How
3: in the world do we get receivers? Like I don't understand like the <sighs> what we can do to improve our receiving core.
1: We need to draft one. Wind okay, back but the clock.
3: what receivers are you seeing be successful early on as a drafted receiver? Like Michael Thomas? Yeah, but it's like one in six. It's like no yeah. one would have picked. It's such a crapshoot. You can't plan on that as your option. I I'm at a loss for how we fix this because you pay way too much in free agency. There's no legitimate free agents available. The best guys might hit the market is Golden Tate. He's over 30. But you you don't want You're the, not
1: paying for Golden Tate.
3: You wouldn't think so. What about gonna, what about bringing back Josh
1: Gordon when he hits free agency? <laughs>
3: Maybe
0: Ugh. it's just so frustrating because it's exactly what we need—a no. person just yes. like Josh Gordon. Yes,
3: um, Yeah, it's infuriating. Like that is the biggest problem. Like that and the offensive tackle is got to be keeping John Dorsey all, up. John at Dorsey night. up at night has yeah. to.
0: Well, I- the the encouraging thing is John Dorsey has a great track record at drafting wide receivers in late rounds. That have the ability to produce, um, and and I'm I have not Good, lost do hope. It. I have not lost hope on Antonio Callaway figuring out how to be an NFL wide receiver. I don't like these drops and everything that have been happening. Like he made a
3: catch in traffic this week. He, he did,
0: and we've watched him for years before that, and that was not the script on Antonio Callaway. This is a new thing that I think, in junction with him just getting a lot of work with Baker, I think that he can figure it out because he's got the physical traits to be able to do it. It's not looked great this year, but he's a rookie wide receiver, and rookie wide receivers don't usually do well.
3: He looks good. He had that one long pass down the sideline right before Baker's interception. That was beautiful. He got a really clean break yeah. down our- the sideline, and Baker dropped it right in there. He was our
0: third-leading receiver.
3: It was great. Baker really spread it around. Really spread it around. Baker spreads it around. I mean, Perriman had a few catches. Eight wide receivers had
1: a target at halftime.
0: Yeah. Which is kind of nuts. I mean, here it is. Duke Johnson had nine. Njoku had five targets. Callaway had five. Landry had seven. Perriman had six. Higgins had four. Ratley had four.
3: Landry was super quiet on Sunday. He made a few early catches, and then it wasn't a whole lot. I think
0: that's
1: why it was probably so salty. It was after the game
0: well another thing that the jarvis was yeah another hilarious thing that the broadcasting booth said is how great jarvis landry was after the catch just hilarious after he was tackled like he's kind of terrible after the exactly catch. he's been all year right. long he gets tackled like, immediately as he catches the ball he's he not, just
3: jitters around and gets tackled he's he's
0: jarvis landry is great at the catch
1: yes he's great at catching <laughs>
3: Yes. Yeah. That and he's not great before
0: it, and he's not great after it, but he's great at it. Seth DeValve got in the game at least some for the first time. He only had one target, but that was the first time I've seen him all year long. So The only time something. I
3: remember, did he have a catch?
0: No, he had a target. He didn't. The only no, play I remember seeing him on punt. was
3: taking the punt. Yeah, it, on the fir- it, after the first possession. he, he Down the punt. Down the punt on the four. He
0: also had a really nice, nice like, he was pulling on a block and yes. uh, blocked the defensive end. It was a great block and got Chubb past the line. Um, but definitely, there's been a focus this last week on getting our players who can make plays the ball. Duke Johnson, Praise especially. I am really glad that he's on my fantasy team. He got me like twenty five points this week. I started him because I was like, he's got to he's got to be good eventually, and I was right.
3: He had twenty catches coming into today. There this week. And he had nine catches this week.
2: <laughs>
1: that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm so mad. I had him on my fantasy team and I dropped him because I needed I needed the like roster space I him up. earlier <laughs> this season. Yeah, and you probably have him now, you asshole. Uh, but that's good to see. I mean, we signed him to that big contract in the off season. Like we need to utilize him. Like I'll be really ticked if we have him on that contract and. Continued to utilize them like hugh jackson and todd haley were it's just such a waste
0: um well it was mostly i think it was mostly todd haley because hugh jackson was using duke johnson whenever hugh jackson was calling the plays duke johnson was getting used
3: yeah matthew made this point and i had to like really think about it last week after last week we still were calling for hugh jackson to use duke more but even so todd haley was using him even less yes which is probably fair. early in the season and um, so anyways, it I was I don't think you so can good. ever
0: use Duke Johnson too much, except for the fact that his bones are made of glass and he seems to get injured on every play. He's actually never really hurt, though. I will say, he <laughs> just acts hurt. He never actually... Or just, else he's maybe, really
3: hurt and he's just a beast. Maybe yeah. that's
0: the
1: trick. <laughs> maybe that's the trick. <laughs> but, amet like, how badly did everybody predict the Duke Johnson, like, the Todd Haley-Duke Johnson situation? When we hired Todd Haley, everybody was like this oh, is going to be great it's Le'Veon for the Bell. past. Yeah, like what he used Le'Veon Bell, pass catching, running back, even getting really creative, lining him up, out wide, wide receiver. This is going to be great for Duke Johnson, and it turned out to be the
0: worst. What we underestimated was that Hugh wanted Duke used, and Todd Haley wanted to do everything against what Hugh wanted. He probably would have used him a lot if it wasn't for Hugh Jackson being in the room. Um, Todd, yeah, Todd Haley really just took one for
1: the team for, yeah. the, for the Browns. He's like, I just gotta sabotage this and let them restart.
3: <laughs> Can I make one last comment on that? Yeah, the game? for sure. Um, that seemed like an overarching theme that really doomed us in this game. I felt like the Browns couldn't make the open field tackles that needed to happen, and the Chiefs seemingly made them over and over and over again.
1: That's true, I, but I think I, it, I, I think saw a lot that of that over. is is the fact that we weren't playing, like, any of our starters on defense. You know, you you start losing losing that depth. You start digging out, like, scraping the bottom of the barrel and in some of these positions, and there are players who aren't used to playing, aren't used to getting the reps, aren't used to making the tackles. I
3: agree with that to some degree, but it's also like Jamie Collins was as guilty as anyone. Jamie on, Collins is a like, terrible tackler, though. On, like, weak tackle attempts, and it started on the Chiefs first offensive possession. They scored a 50-yard screen on a 50-yard screen pass to Kareem Hunt where we had three guys that were in position to make a significant hit on Kareem Hunt and none of them even like slowed him down. Yeah. I mean, there's no way that play should be going for a touchdown. They did set it up and they did block it well, but we had guys that had the angle to stop Kareem Hunt, or at least slow him down, and they couldn't even slow him down.
1: No, that's fair. I, thought, I think we tackled terribly. But, I mean, Greg Williams has um, been on record as telling his defensive backs not to wrap up. So I don't, I don't know what to do with, with his defense and poor tackling when it when it doesn't that's work what it, out.
0: But that's what it is. They're throwing their shoulder into him, and they're not wrapping up, and they're bouncing off. Yeah. You hit someone on their hip just with your shoulder, they're not going to go down. They're just going to move a little bit. Um, yeah, and and the same the same thing happened on that third and twenty nine, on the second pos- their second possession, that third and twenty nine conversion that they had, we just we were too spread out. The Chiefs' offense is too impressive, and there was so that is of, embarrassing. It was A embarrassing third
1: and twenty nine conversion. But honestly,
0: there was some
3: of the it wasn't things wasn't twenty nine. It was
0: it was 20. it was no, it was more than twenty. It was like no, twenty five
3: or it something it was like nineteen like or twenty. I promise you, it was twenty.
0: I actually would bet, honey, that it was closer to 25 than 20. Um, How much do you want to bet? Okay, I would bet uh, $20. $20? $20. Yeah.
3: Okay. That it's closer to 25 than 20?
1: Yeah.
3: I just gained $5. Let's get $20. You gained five. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll look it up um, while you're
0: going. Okay, but there's a lot of things that our defense was doing this last week that I actually thought we were in perfect position. The Chiefs just opted. Like executed so well, like that Travis Kelsey touchdown, we were right on top of him, and And that was just nasty. It was such a good crisp route. I'm really glad I got to watch it. It was awesome. There was just so many times just like that. Nothing Peppers could have done. And Pat Mahomes just running, and like there was that one where he's like literally at the line of scrimmage, he dove and threw the ball 25 yards down the field while he's diving. It's like like, it's one one of those situations
1: where you expect it to like. It's like they're getting lucky. But they're not. And you're, and you're like, oh, another lucky play. Like, oh, another lucky play.
3: Third and 19. Patrick Mahomes pass short left to Spencer Ware to Cleveland 29 for 28 yards.
1: Oh, to the Cleveland 29 for 28 yards. Uh, that, I can see how you were confused.
3: It's $20 in my favor. Mm. You can just buy I'll the beer
0: me. for the next couple weeks. Oh, then me. That works, too. Bummer. You know, you win some, you lose some. You got to you gotta take a chance. You got to take a chance. I really thought I remembered that being more than 20 yards because there was a huge sack on the play before. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Not going to dwell on it. Uh, but they were just executing so crisply that it was like, ah. no. I mean, I expected to lose the game, and I was impressed by some of the things they were doing, and I really can't be – I'm not too – like you said, Michael, I'm not too upset about our loss.
1: No, and here's the thing. Um, coming out of this game, I'm pretty optimistic – the the defense and our current like injury situation on the defense is incredibly troubling at the moment. Like not knowing when we're going to get these players back. If we have to start T J. Carey and Body Calhoun as our corners with Denzel Rice in the slot, like that's that's a rough spot. And if we have to keep playing Vallejo or whatever his name is at linebacker, that's it. It's going to be tough to win football games. Uh, however, if we can. Get some guys back on defense, thinking Terrence Mitchell, if Denzel Ward isn't out for a while, we can get Schobert back. Suddenly our defense is looking pretty good again.
0: Getting Schobert uh, back, I think, is one of the most important things that we can do.
1: I like the schemes that we, we've got going. Um, our our defense is still currently ranked third in the NFL
0: in <sighs> DVOA, Football That's Outsiders. Crazy. Which it really doesn't feel crazy like Crazy to me. Um but we've played some powerhouse offenses. I mean, yeah. we're looking at like what we did to the Saints. Yeah, and did it's you incredible. watch? Did you watch the Saints play the Rams it's, it, it on was, Sunday Night it Football? That was awesome. That was, was amazing. It was, it was an awesome football game. That was um, so fun. Just the football fan inside of me. Just. but I'm
1: excited about the rest of our the rest of our season. And obviously, we're not going to make the playoffs. Obviously, we're not going to challenge for our division. Like, but we've we've got a lot of division games still left. We've got a lot to prove, um, and. There are things that we can accomplish and get established the rest of the season. I'm looking. We've got what seven games left. We we need to win a few. I want to win at least one game on the road because we haven't done that in years. Yep, which is
3: just <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Hugh Jackson didn't win a single game on the road. We have not done that. that in is, years. That is so
1: bad. Yeah. So like, if if the Browns let's do it. If the Browns Let's win a road game, if the Browns <laughs> Pop win. Pop open the fridges, drink yeah. the Bud Light. If the Browns win three games the rest of the way, or even two games the rest of the way—one at home, one on the
0: road—like mm. I want to beat the Ravens on the road, and I want to beat the Bengals at home.
1: Those that'd are my be, 2 that'd be pretty great.
0: It'd be a great success. We've got a
1: couple winnable games on the road though, against Denver, against Cincinnati. Then we've got Atlanta at home this week, which is probably one of the more winnable games, which is kind of scary to say, We looked a
0: whole heck of I a lot better. They trounced
3: Washington.
0: Yeah, they did. I'm scared about this. Oh. We looked a whole heck of a lot better against Kansas City than the Bengals did. Yep. The Bengals got decimated, embarrassed against Kansas City a couple weeks it's ago. It's true. And we, we didn't get embarrassed. I wouldn't say that. I mean, we lost by 16 points, but could have been worse. Could have been worse. And you're talking about optimism, Matthew. There's a ton of reasons for optimism after watching this one game that Freddie Kitchens called. Yeah. On offense and moving forward into the future. The injuries aren't a problem on offense. There's nothing hindering. I will say I'm offense.
3: really interested to see how this plays out through the rest of the season because we've got, we had a bunch of stuff on tape for what we've been doing throughout the year. And Freddie Kitchens did a few things quite a bit different it'll be interesting to see how adjustments are made and how we're able to execute sure. after that throughout mm-hmm. the rest of the season. Because that's going to be a real thing.
0: Oh, for sure. Well, they had the Lions game. Let's not <laughs> give the other teams too much too much credit. <laughs> yeah. uh, but there's reason for optimism, for sure. Another reason for optimism is Greg Joseph. He had a 51-yarder. He had a 50-plus yarder. It's a real NFL kick, and he hit it with conviction. I did not
1: think that but he was capable. Didn't even get to attempt an extra point. <laughs> Hey, that had nothing
3: to do with Greg Joseph. It had everything to do with double G, Greg. And... Bullshit. Oh, no, okay. I really... And
0: the sack on him. He's going to go for two every single touchdown which, we which, have which I'm all for, for the
1: rest of the year. Which I'm all for.
0: I also don't I, think I, he's... I, I love the aggressiveness. I wouldn't be surprised if he never punts for the rest of the year. What is it? What? what? Why, why not? <laughs> like, really, why would you punt? Even... An interim head coach for the Cleveland Browns who haven't won in ever. ever.
3: Even if it was just for this game, it does make sense against the Chiefs. Like, pedal to the metal. No looking back. Do whatever you possibly can to score points. Go for fourth. We converted every single fourth down until that last one. Wasn't one of
1: them a very favorable spot? Yes, we, we didn't we didn't convert one the of them. The record will show it. that yeah. we converted we also, that fourth down. We also beat Oakland, but
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> so but like, come on! It was clear that the game plan was to keep the ball out of Kansas City's hands. The time of possession in the first half was crazy. We had the ball like the entire time because as soon as they had the ball, they did whatever they wanted and they went down and scored as soon as they could because we knew that that was going to happen. So we had to limit the possession. Uh, the amount of times they had the ball. And I, I thought it was a good game plan. I, yeah, I don't well. see why they wouldn't. Uh, and it's going to be a similar situation with the Falcons next week.
3: Miserable oh. execution on all three extra point attempts, though. I mean, it was... The two-point conversion. Two-point conversion. Yeah, two yeah. conversion.
1: No, if we're going to be that aggressive, we got to work on that in practice. <laughs> <laughs> like, you've got to have better options
3: It was than, real than bad. what we tried to do there. The best attempt was, I think, the second one where they threw that, the flat. that pass out to the flat. And it was Mark made the comment when we were watching, it was just a bad pass. Like, he didn't get the pass in the right spot. If that had been placed better, the Landry would have had a chance to get upfield and get in the end zone. But yeah. he kind of had to adjust and was kind of caught. Yeah, it
0: was like on his inside hip, and he had to turn his hips around, and then he had to bring them back around. If it was out ahead of him, it would have worked out.
1: The great thing about firing your coach midseason when you're having a terrible season so there's a reason to be optimistic. Again, Like you can like press the reset button.
0: Zero expectations. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. All right, so each and every week, we like to talk about optimistic things, ideally, but we also like to pick the lines. We have a little competition where we look at the primetime games, and we compete against each other, picking the different lines, and I just would like to say that I'm a genius.
3: You had a great week for the first
0: time ever. Week. Not the first time ever. You keep saying this, but week one, you picked them all right, and I picked them all right. I see. And Matthew picked them all wrong. I remember that distinctly. No, he
3: got the Browns game wrong. He right. got one.
2: Yeah.
3: Oh, man. Okay, so yeah, Mark had a clean sweep um, in the positive direction. Matthew had a clean sweep in the negative direction. Woo! And so he's definitely bringing up the rear. He's only correctly picked 36% of the games so far this year. It's a pretty... Pretty poor record. It's a better record than Hugh Jackson. It's,
2: a, it's a good <laughs> thing you're not a
3: betting man. Yeah. And I am I was way ahead early, and I'm kind of coming back to the mean. So uh, I'm only at 56%, so I can't say too much. Um, but our first game of the week, Thursday night, Carolina's heading to Pittsburgh with the Steelers favored by four points. Mm.
0: That's an interesting Carolina, point. who's on a hot Pittsburgh. streak, they are.
3: going to Pittsburgh, and the Steelers are favored by four Marky.
0: Steelers are favored by four. Carolina looked potent last week. They scored a lot of points.
3: North Turner's like a new man.
0: I was watching Good Morning Football this morning. Mm-hmm. and um, I wish I was. I don't get oh, to watch
3: that much anymore. It
0: was Tonight so, so kids. fun. And Nate was talking about how the most dangerous thing in the NFL is happy Cam Newton. And when Cam Newton is feeling it, when Cam Newton is vibing, when he's making jokes in the press conference, there's nothing that can stop Cam Newton. And that's what we saw after last week. He was making, doing voice impressions. It was awesome. Um, and I think that they are on a hot streak. Christian McCaffrey looks really good. Cam Newton's vibing. Their offense looks really good. And I don't think the Steelers' defense is as good as it has been in the past. That's very clear. Um, I think that the Panthers are going to put up a lot of points. And so I think four points for the Steelers is going to be hard for them. I'm gonna go with the Panthers,
1: Matthew. Yeah, me too. I think the Panthers for Dang the last it. two seasons have probably been the most underrated team in the NFL. Um, they've got a solid defense. They always put up points. Cam Newton finds a way. Um, I, I don't really believe in the Steelers, even though they're 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 looking better. I, I they're still, squeaking they're squeaking out wins. I they're still winning see the games. Like so the g- many holes in that team that I think a, a good team like the Panthers will be able to expose.
0: It so pisses me off because they've lucked into leading the division right now. It's absurd. I hate the Steelers.
3: Um, I've made my picks prior to the podcast sure. starting, and I picked the Panthers as well. Just, Four just points just is to, just too much. It's Yeah, the thing that – the Steelers are so weird, though, with how they always play much better at home, and this is a home game for them. That's the part that scares me, the short week. But the Panthers really, like, I think are going to – Cause some problems for the Pittsburgh defense. Like, those linebackers aren't that good. They've got some athletes that they're putting in space now, like the Panthers haven't done in years past. Right. And I just see – I agree with Mark. I see them scoring a lot of points. And I like the Panthers' defense more than I like the Steelers' defense. So I'm going to go with the Panthers to cover the four points. Yeah, uh, four, a, four points is just too much. We're all three on the There's same page there. Um, so Sunday night game – Is the Dallas Cowboys heading to Philly to play the Eagles, where the Eagles are favored by six?
1: The Cowboys are always getting these primetime games.
2: Oh, It's
3: America's team
2: They always have. The
1: Browns are America's team,
0: remember? (laughs) Jim Rome said it himself. That's right. The (laughs) Godfather. Jim Rome said exactly that. Like week three. Yeah. (laughs) Right after we beat the Jets. Talk about an
3: overreaction. Talk about a guy with hot takes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Matthew, you make this one first. Dallas heading to Philly. Philly favored by 6. Taking Philly
1: all the way. I don't I don't buy Dallas. Um Sean Lee just limped out of this game with his like requisite mandatory hamstring injury every season, and that's um,
0: always bad for them.
1: Yeah. All right, Mark. Go down.
0: So I'm taking Philly. I am also going to take Philly. This is... I don't like Dallas. At all.
1: Amari Cooper doesn't, I mean, it doesn't solve all their problems. I mean, Dak's not been good since his rookie season. I mean, yeah, Dak Philly doesn't hasn't
0: seem been like a exactly good... lighting it up, though, either. But top to bottom, they are a better roster than the Cowboys are.
3: Yeah, but they also have injuries, like, on the defensive line. Like, they're down a couple guys. So like, mm, I had put Philly down. Then here. do it. I dare you. Do it. Do it. I'll do it. Do it. I'll go Dallas. Do it. Zach Barton, that's for you. (laughs) Um, Hoping he
0: stops trolling you on Twitter.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, I love his trolling on Twitter.
0: That wasn't amazing. He put some work into that, and I appreciate it.
3: Yeah. Uh, Leads us to the Browns game. Um, Has anybody watched the Falcons? I was hoping to get a chance to do this today. I haven't watched the Falcons play in a few weeks. I've kind of only seen highlights. I haven't seen the last couple games. But... Their offense we know can execute. Matt Ryan's having a phenomenal year so, so far. And suddenly nobody's talking about Steve Sarkeesian and like Right. Exactly. Like Julio Jones has had a hard time finding the end zone, had his first touchdown of the year this past week, but like they are putting up points. Doesn't matter. He's gotten so many yards. Which is ironic because Devontae Freeman's been out and they've been playing with Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman's the one that they gave all the money to. They're going to have to walk from Oops. Tevin Coleman. I find that very ironic. Um, anyways, Atlanta's headed to Cleveland, favored by four points.
2: Hmm. Hmm.
3: That's not it's, nice. last it's, game it's a before tough Dubai. game to call. I'll, I'll make the pick first since I had you guys pick the other ones. I'm going to go with the Browns. And only because I'm trying to send positive vibes their way. I I don't know that I'm very confident with like our injury situation with their offense coming in like I think we're going to score points on the Falcons but I just don't have enough confidence in our playmakers to like be able to count on our offense being able to win the game for us like and it seems like that's what we're going to have to do in this game with our defense like decimated Atlanta's going to score points our offense is going to have to go win it and I just don't have the confidence that that can happen yet i just don't think we're far enough along yeah i i can see it as a possibility and so i'm going for the browns i'm i'm trying to will it into being
0: yeah. okay it was exactly the opposite of everything you just said but yes i love that you're picking the browns yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> i'm letting my, you just my, made, my, my my heart made the decision you not you just my, made not the my brain for
0: why the falcons right. will beat us by more than four and <laughs> then you pick the browns love yep
1: it. <laughs> i'm gonna take this to me, this all depends on how healthy the Browns' defense is coming into this game. If if bunch we, bunch of question marks. If we have a good, healthy defense, if Schobert can play, if Ward can play, if we get a couple guys back, I think we have a chance. Um, this is tough, but I mean, I'd pick the Browns. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what like, like uh, I, I a think, bunch of idiots. I think they're coming back. I'll I'll pick the Browns. Like the Falcons have a terrible defense. Um, I don't think we can stop their offense, really, but maybe we'll slow them down enough. It'll be more than
3: the Chiefs. It won't look like this last week's game.
1: Yeah. No. I, at least at least we have a quarterback who just, like, stands in the pocket and will sit there and wait for a pass rush to get there. Right. So
0: exactly like you guys were saying, both of these defenses are super bad, um, and I think there's going to be a lot of points scored, but the Falcons' offensive weapons are just far superior right now to the offensive weapons that the Browns have. Um, and I think that they are probably going to put more points up on the board than we'll be able to. That being said, I'm absolutely going to go with the Browns. Sure will. Matthew go Browns. And Mark,
3: for the record, Matthew and Mark have the exact same line of picks. So the only reason mine's any different is because I made a last minute switch to the Dallas Cowboys.
0: Well done. <laughs> Keep on it, on it that interesting. Sunday night game for the viewers, for the listeners. All right, for the Barbasol users. Yeah. I know all you guys shave Barbasol. You use that Ultra Six Plus. Razor, because it's qu- equipped with six ultra thin blades.
3: Can I say that I actually used that Ultra Six Plus razor for the first time on my whole face?
0: Did you now? Did you use that seventh blade, the Ultra Trimmer, to I didn't refine need to. and style tricky areas like under the nose, sideburns, beard?
3: I was getting rid of the beard because I dressed up as the Joker for Halloween, so I wanted mm-hmm. to have the clean shaven face before the makeup we, went on. We, we talked about that. Did you listen to our podcast last week? Did I there was, re-listen to it? No. No,
0: there was a point when Matthew went to the bathroom and me and you were just talking about your Halloween costume for like two and a half minutes. We were just And like, he didn't edit it out. And he
3: didn't edit it out. We were, we're an idiot.
0: <laughs> we were like, oh yeah, you could probably like go to Goodwill. I don't know. Find something. <laughs> it was uh, so funny. Well, I mean, we didn't tell him that it
3: happened, but it was hilarious. We need to apologize. <laughs> Matthew has become very, very just hands off and not caring about the podcast Man, he's doing a know. poor job of editing <laughs> all the way
0: around Matthew you probably didn't even know this but I listened to the podcast last week I re-listened to the whole thing oh I'm sorry and uh there was a point where you went to the bathroom last week it was probably about as long as that was but me and Michael were just talking about like his Halloween costume and stuff <laughs> like that I was like yeah I was like hmm, you could probably go to goodwill and pick up a vest if you didn't even gonna, notice oh uh, you if you pick up a vest if you're gonna be the joker i mean i don't know <laughs> it was like the most casual
3: conversation ever as as the brown season the brown season has just induced more apathy <laughs> towards everything related to uh, I'm, I'm football too, and the podcast yeah. it's just kind of the way it is i've just
1: got other things going on that are just more important at the moment than me listening to this like hour-long podcast after just recording it
0: <laughs> it makes sense it makes sense. We should have communicated better that that happened. Uh, but anyway, that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, we love and appreciate you all. We have deep affection in our hearts for all of our listeners. We think about you all the time, not Matthew, because he won't even re-listen to the pod. Yeah. Um, I like you more than Matthew does. Yeah, I just I want to say that. Barely care. <laughs> um, um, follow us on social media. We have um, a Twitter. Um, interact with us on there. If you got something you want us to talk to talk about, send us an email. fathers at gmail.com. We appreciate you guys. Shave with Barbasol. Um, We'll see you next week. Go Browns. Go Browns.